And welcome to the Tea Party Policy Chat Podcast, brought to you by Scott Harris, the Constitutional Patriot, from the Constitutional Patriot Podcast, um, on the Red Pill Mic and on the Red Pill Cam. And in today's episode of the Tea Party Policy Chat, I'm going to be drinking some tea um, as I give the podcast, and I'm going to be drinking... um, I really like this. It's a it's a um, an oolong tea called Royal Phoenix from Tao of Tea. Um, it's pure leaf tea. It's um, a loose leaf tea, and it's a, a very dark tea. And it's um, really it's a really good uh, tea. Um, though I do like the uh, Black Dragon uh, oolong tea. It's darker. It's uh, it's a more strong. It's a stronger tea than this one. This one is more uh, light and takes a longer brewing time. Um, but it's a really good tea, and uh, it's this oolong tea is like massively good for weight loss. It's massively good for for fighting off cancer. It's it's a really good product, um, and it's a really good um, tea. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm taking out my. Uh, my leaves right now, and I'm going to be drinking my tea. There we go. Tea Party Policy Chat. Let's go. And let's get started with the Tea Party Policy Chat. Here we go. Tea Party Policy Chat, and what we're going to be doing today is, um, for, uh, th- we're going to be, I have four videos that I want to get through today, and it's all about the midterms and what's going on about the midterms. Um, I talked a lot about that in the last few episodes of the Constitutional Patriot Podcast. This is a supplemental to that. These are things that I wanted to get to, or I didn't have time to get to, or, um, Due to uh, you know limitations on the Constitutional Patriot podcast, I'm I have I've added this supplemental one of two supplemental podcasts, um, the Tea Party Policy Chat podcast and the Patriot Foreign Policy podcast. So those these two podcasts cover additional materials and analysis that I can't get to on the Constitutional Patriot podcast. Just just the way things are. This is good tea. Okay, so um, the the th- um, one of the things I want to get to is um, I, I'm going to do a morning news review. Um, when um, every morning I wake up and I drink my coffee and I watch uh, Fox Business News, Mornings with Maria and Varney and Company, and sometimes Outnumbered, which I watched part of Outnumbered today. The 
here's the issue. Um, economics. Uh, there is, uh, they were talking about uh, Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Right, they were talking about that on Morning Company Day. And he went in there with the sink, right, you know, and he, 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 it's like he's overpaying. They were talking about how much he's paying for the company. He's paying $44 billion for a company that's worth barely $10 billion. And, um, and it's like, they call it his, his sacrifice to save uh, public discourse and freedom of speech, which, you know, it, it's really, yeah, he is. Um, he, and he's doing other things, too. I mean, he's, he's really in favor of this freedom of speech. What he's doing is he's, his Skylink, low-level satellite system, is giving Internet access to people in Ukraine is giving internet access to people all over the world in places where they wouldn't have it, where they would not have access to information um, not, that's not controlled by their government. And so there's the he's allowing them to get freedom of information out there. Now, this is a conceptual framework that, that Democrats don't like. They don't like the fact that he's out there getting information out there. And one of the things is that, like P- PayPal, I have a full disclosure, I have a PayPal which will be shutting down real quick. I will be closing that crap down because PayPal if you don't like if you say things that PayPal doesn't like, they're going to fine you $2500. Bull crap. I don't even have $2500 in my PayPal account. I have like a dollar 50 or whatever it is. It's it's account that I transfer money into to pay for something. And I only transfer the money in to that to pay for something, it's on a like a. I'm buying something online, and I don't want them access to my to my credit cards or my bank account. It's a it's a stop it's a stopgap measure that that I'm using as a filter, right? <clears throat> so I can so I can um, order things, new products that I'm going to try, but I don't know if I want to uh, use them or not, and I don't want to disclose my information. Okay, but PayPal, they what? What right do they think that they have to regulate speech and thought and viewpoints of people? They don't. For one thing, that's illegal. They do not have the right to regulate speech in a bank. In a bank, they don't have the right to fine you for that. That will never hold up in court. You opening a bank account, it's a bank account because PayPal is a bank. PayPal is a bank. You ha- the, the, your account is a checking account. In order for it to transfer money in and out, and to pay to pay go money going in and out, it has a bank routing number and a um, a bank account, a checking account account number. It is a checking account, and the, a bank does not have the constitutional legal right to regulate speech of anybody. And the fact that they think they do is mentally insane of those people. That's woke gone nuts. That's Nazism. That's communism. Okay? That's what that is. Where if you don't espouse, that's Orwell. That's 1984 Orwell here, people. Or they're monitoring you, and if you say something that you don't like, you're instantly fined or put in jail? What's next? Is PayPal going to have roaming squads of people to arrest you? What's next? They don't have the right to do any of this stuff. 
you know, uh, Congress needs to, I'm telling you right now, if they don't stop this crap in after November 8th, when the House gets flipped and the Senate gets flipped, they're going to bring, bring down every single employee at PayPal and have them testify under oath in front of both con- House. Have them down there for two weeks. Have them down there for in t- uh, two weeks in the House, two weeks in the Senate, and keep them rotating and have them, and have them there all the time where they have to pay for hotels, and if they don't do it, arrest them, file subpoenas for, for, for refusing to comply with subpoenas. Arrest warrants. Do that shit to these people all the time. Bring out to the mailroom. Bring the, the file clerks out, the mailroom clerks out, the, the, the janitors. Bring everybody. Subpoena everybody. Make them all testify. And see how long this poly- and say so you want you want you this you want this to stop. We're gonna we're going to make you testify every single have a committee that's going twenty four hours a day just testifying for people from PayPal. And these other con- and these other corporations that are hindering the constitutional rights of people. Do that, man. Do something because they don't have the right to do shit. Shut that crap down. Okay, off my soapbox on PayPal. <laughs> and watch him pit me with a fine. <laughs> Kiss my butt. <laughs> I ain't paying PayPal $2,500 for shit. I have the right to say whatever the hell I want. They don't have the right to find me. Kiss my ass, PayPal. Kiss my ass. <laughs> and I have a big one, too. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm going to... Like I said, it's time to digress from PayPal. Now, they were talking about, oh, the, the market was up a lot. And um, and they were... California. Governor Asswipe, otherwise known as Newsom. Oh, man. My allergies. Forgive my allergies. are just driving me nuts. My nose is like scrat itchy and... Oh, allergies. <laughs> I live in hell. Uh, for many reasons besides, you know, I live in California... Um, the the Soviet communist demasery of California, and it's also the most um, heavily allergy. I live in the most pollinated area in the country, which I'm allergic to everything. It's like seriously, every year I'm getting worse. Uh, my doctor said to move to where they grow, where they do cattle, because <laughs> then you just have to do with hay once a year. <laughs> oh man, life life of an allergy person. Now. Um, I, I digress, which I tend to do. Um, the the uh, I'm trying to you know I'm, I have funny I have funny thoughts running through my head, and some of them I can't say on here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so there's some things you're not allowed to say, and those are the thoughts that I was just running through my head. So so forgive that. I'm gonna okay. So. Um, the uh the um the issue with the um <laughs> oh man what was the 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 thought i wanted to say was i can't say that i just i can't go there 
Okay, that's I can't say that. That would be that would be in that would put me in the band area of what I was gonna say. So I have to filter myself here, and that's that's something that I don't like doing. Uh, <laughs> um, one of the things that that they were covering today in in the news um, on Varney and Company was um, the market and how and how the, the Dow Jones is up and and. And what they're doing is the the real estate market is going down, and the oil prices are going up, and the oil companies were having record record um, profits, right? And Governor Newsom, in his illegal, unconstitutional way, he wants to do it. He's he's assembling the state legislature in California for the sole purpose to do a to do a tax on the windfill profits of the oil companies, okay, on Valero, all right? Well, here's the thing. Valero headquarters is in Texas. It's a Texas company. You cannot tax the profits of Valero, which is a Texas company. Now, you can have them pay the taxes on the sales, the sales taxes in California that they sell, the gas they sell. But they are a Texas company, headquarters in Texas. You cannot do a profit tax, windfall property tax, on Valero. That's unconstitutional and illegal. Okay, that would be like the United States going to, to a company in France and saying, well, you're a company in France, we're going we're gonna to put a tax on you, on your income. We don't have a right to do that, and California does not have a right to tax income of of companies that are not in their state. Okay, they have a right to uh, for a sales tax of that, but they cannot tax the profits of a company that's not in their state. And the, and the I you know what I was talking to my dad about? I says Valero cut off the state of California. They want to try and do that. Say fine. We're we're stopping all shipments of gasoline to California. All of it. No shipments of gas. No trucks will be going into California to refill those Valero tanks. We are going to divert those trucks to other states, to red states, and we'll be providing that gas extra gasoline in those states, which will lower the price of gas in those states, right? If you cut off all of the blue states, you cut off all these states that try this crap, cut off their flow. Cut off, because Valero does not produce, shut it down. Shut it down. I live in California, and I don't want my gas bills to go up, but I, but as a, as a as a philosophical argument, here it is. This is what's best for the country. This is what's going to stop the unconstitutional behavior and these policies that is they have no right to do. The, Governor Newsom and his cronies and his insanity people, dumbasses, you know, dumbasses, Democrats, as air is to breathing, and these completely insane people that are in the two-thirds, that are in almost the super majorities in both houses of the state legislature here in California. Yes, we are. We lead the nation in dumbassness of of people run, of, that run this state. 
right? That's a, that, you know, it seems that the California takes pride in it. Is like if every every state, every county is trying to say we're more dumbass than you, and and they're trying to they're trying to prove that how stupid they are. Okay, so that's what they want to do. Okay, they can't do it. I say Valero cut them off, and what would that do to the price of gas in California? What would that do to the price of gas in California? How many tanker trucks are coming into California? Every month, every day, how many of them are are going to these gas stations? What every week, every day, every few days? How often does a Valero gas station get a resupply? And what would happen if you know, for you don't get a resupply for two weeks? See what would happen? Yeah. See what would happen? Interesting thought. Interesting thought. Now what we're going to do is I'm going to go to... I'm going to go to... There's four videos. And the first one is called um, Hunter Biden um, Nepotism Led to Corruption Straight Up. And and this one... for this is So for those of you who don't know, or just a reminder... How I do my video selections is it's from news clips that I have not seen because I can't watch news all day long. I have I have work I have to do. So um, these are news clips from news shows that I have not seen or have not seen all of. And so I give live, on the spot, recorded live, no editing. Um, as you could tell, <laughs> I don't edit. Um, the the analysis, commentary, and I put it in a historical, philosophical, and economic viewpoint from a from a constitutionalist perspective and an America First viewpoint, a conservative. Okay, so that's what we're doing here. Okay, so because um, I because I believe in the Constitution, I believe in the Declaration of Independence, and the philosophies from policies generated from a strong belief in understanding of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence is the, is the policy positions that I hold dear and the policy positions for the most part of the Republican Party. Okay, so that's, th those are facts. Okay, those are the facts of the situation. Okay, and so we're going to go with, uh, with that and we're going to go right now. Here we go. Columnist, Fox News contributor uh, Miranda Devine, you wrote a book about this laptop. Miranda, good morning to you. I just want to summarize. The laptop is the Hunter Biden laptop. I mean, this this kid, this bunt. Hunter Biden is a complete idiot. I'm going to flat out say this. Um, he knows that there's all this like illegal activity on his laptop, and his laptop's not working. Okay, so he takes it to a store to get it fixed. Now, the guy's working on his laptop and fixing his laptop, and in so doing, he finds all of this illegal activity on the laptop, which by which he is he turns over to the FBI. Now, the FBI knows, always knew that this laptop was real, was his, and everything in it was in factually accurate. But what, what did they do is they suppressed that for the election. Okay, 
they withheld that information from the election and they said that it was Russian propaganda, even though they knew it wasn't, just so that they can get Biden elected. The FBI is the, one of the most corrupt government agencies in the country. I do not trust the FBI at all. The FBI has no honor and they, are, they lie. They have lied numerous times. They falsified documents and statements. They falsified records. They are a, there is the, I'm a very, normally a very pro-law enforcement person, but not with the FBI because they have been politically corrupted by the Democratic Party. They are in the pocket. They are the, they are the jackboot Gestapo of the Democratic Party. Here, more than 200 pages of bank records related to uh, Hunter Biden, um, his uncle James, uh, and maybe more pretty involved. What does it suggest, Miranda? Good morning, Bill. Well, I think we see here that Senators Chuck Grassley and Ron. Okay, first of all, Miranda, I love Miranda. She is, she is, she's from England. But she's a she is a foreign policy expert. She's an international pol, uh, policy expert, national security expert. She is she's brilliant. She is just brilliant, and I love her voice. Oh, I can listen to her talk all day. Ron Johnson are really the unsung heroes of this investigation into the Hunter Biden laptop and the influence peddling. Uh, of Joe Biden's family during his vice presidency. Uh, they were obstructed by the FBI back uh, in the middle of 2020 when they were running this investigation and also obviously by their Democratic opponents, but also by Republicans in their own committees. So that's a story that I think will come out fully uh, next year. Okay, I'm going to play, I'm going to go back a little bit because I want, I want, I want to make that clear of what, what, what she said is going on here. Okay, so we're going to go back a little bit. Republicans in their own committees. So that's a story Wait, that... A little bit more. Also, obviously, by their Democratic opponents, but also by Republicans in their own committees. So that's a story that I think will come out fully uh, next year. Um, so there were some Republicans, probably the never-Trumpers, the ones that basically wanted Biden to win, which I don't find a, why anybody would call themselves a Republican, like, I guess... Um, you know, uh, Liz Cheney. She's not a Republican, but these people, they they wanted to to have Trump lose so much that they basically turned their back on 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 legitimacy. They turned their back on on justice, and they turned their back on honor. And then the, and basically lying to basically fraud to do commit a fraud, a fraudulent. Um, suppre voter suppression because this actually is a voter suppression. This is voter tampering, voter in, in, in intimidation. This is all something to manipulate the electorate to the election to get Biden to win. In the meantime, they have this 220 odd uh, attachments, basically being bank records, uh, other material that they've managed to gather uh, from the Treasury Department and elsewhere that showed the money flow uh, from communist China, in this case, into bank accounts associated with Hunter Biden. See, that proves, this, this right here proves, which, which, which I've, used, I've used this information, the, 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 this, this information that has been reported numerous times, numerous times, and she's just summarizing it here, that, has, that, that, that Hunter Biden and working, as, working with his father as the big guy 
holding, what, 10% of the money in trust for the big guy where Joe Biden actually gained financially from these transactions with the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese Communist Intelligence Services. So Hunter Biden is, in fact, a communist agent. Period. And what he did is he gave access to his father, the vice president at the time, access to the Chinese Communist Intelligence Service. Okay, where Joe Biden is financially a beneficiary of those meetings. So is he, he is, which in my viewpoint, in my opinion, places Joe Biden, the, the president of the United States, the occupier of the White House, as a, as a foreign agent to the Chinese Communist Party. He is a Manchurian candidate for the Chinese Communist Party. Jim Biden, the president's younger brother, and uh, their various business partners in America. And uh, I, I think together that paints a quite a, a, certainly a damning circumstantial picture and it gives the Republicans a basis to work on when they have their investigations that they're promising next year into this issue. So if Grassley and Johnson win, they're in some tight races right now, Iowa and Wisconsin respectively. And if you get the majority in the Senate, uh, to your point, yes, uh, they will go forward. Meanwhile... Well, the the thing is, if the, if they get the... I'm going to change it. Um, there we go. <laughs> I didn't like the look on his face. It was like... An imp- it's pausing. The, um, the, the, the uh, Senate getting the... You have to flip the Senate. Uh, it's, which is which is, if we are going to get the Senate, it's it's still some of the races are toss ups, um, some of them are leaning Republican, um, some of them are leaning Democrat, but the Republican is gaining. These types of things um, are are the Senate is is less is less sure. It's not a it's not a slam dunk in the Senate, um, but the House man, it's a given. The House is a slam-dunk Republican House. So in the House, we can have both the same hearings, okay, and the House. But if you could do the House and the Senate, that's a, that's a double slam against that. And then that, that's something that would really, would really put a change in these things. We got this from John Stott. I know you've been talking about this for several years. Here is John Stewart reacting to uh, the story. First of all, John Stewart, he's a far leftist. I mean, man, he is like, he is a full-out socialist. I want that full disclosure. Biden being on the board of... Uh, Burisma. Uh, to me, that's corruption straight up off the bat. The idea that nepotism would allow much larger amounts of money to flow into the hands of people unqualified because you think those countries are trying to buy influence... It's an argument you've been making for a couple of years. Well, it's not the trying to buy. They are buying, and they have bought, and they have basically owned Joe Biden. Let's let's look at the realities of the situation here. Let's take the red pill. Let's which let's have an awakening to reality. And the reality is, the situation is that Joe Biden is a Manchurian candidate, completely in the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party. Years now, Maria. Yes, well, and nice of John Stewart to come to the party. Just, I mean, he's really about five or six years late because that was known that nepotism and the Barisma money. I'm not sure everyone knew quite how much it was that it was, you know, a million dollars a year, eighty-three thousand dollars a month. 
but still, it was known then, and it was sanctioned by the media. I mean, there was there was a little bit of an outcry, but not much. So, you know, welcome aboard, John Stewart. But well, because it was happening during the Obama administration, and it's like, oh, this could bring down the the Obama administration. This could bring down the vice president of the United States. This was, and it, and it has, and it has shown, you know, that Obama knew about it. Right there were there was a video of it. There's a videotape to where basically Biden admitted that that President Obama knew about it and was in on it on the phone call with with the when he was basically blackmailing um, and 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 um, a tit for tat uh, a quid pro quo. It's like basically holding off um, um, aid that has been passed by Congress and signed by the president to give to Ukraine. He says you're not if you stop because they were investigating the the. The basically the Ukrainian Attorney General um, was going to be in, was investigating Burisma on its illegal activities, and he says you stop that investigation um, if you're not going to get your money until you stop that investigation. You're not going to get your aid. Until, he actually there's a recording of that, and he basically in that recording alluded to the president actually knowing about it and approving it. So 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 these types of things. These types of things, they didn't. Of course, the media is going to say that this didn't happen. Of course, the media is going to back uh, back this because they did not want this to bring. Because if that came out, if that if that was actually if the media actually admitted that it happened, which it did, because there was a recording of it, if the media actually it would would investigate this like they investigate any issue with Trump, that you actually have an audio recording that is without. A shadow of a doubt, an impeachable offense, at least on Joe Biden, and a third-party hearsay evidence of the of the president knowing about it. Okay, but there, so the, so it's definitely an impeachable offense for Joe Biden as vice president, right? So those are the situations, but they thought that would be. That they didn't want that to happen. So the media, the FBI, and all of these people worked um, with, within this illegal corruption cabal that basically was an infiltration of our government and the corruption and the bastardization of our, philo- of our country to stop this from happening. Right? Because they didn't want to, this to bring down the leftist government and the leftist hope to destroy this country. It's more of the same. It's mm. more of you know what you can call a limited hangout. Uh, I I think uh, people on the left are now acknowledging the obvious, which is that there was influence peddling going on, but they are very uh, eager to quarantine Joe Biden from that. They just want to throw Hunter Biden under the bus, and then they'll say, well, he was a drug addict. Uh, he couldn't help what he was doing, and he's now reformed. Um, my sense is we're going to be talking to you again. Real soon. Okay. Okay. This is insane. This is the the fact that they're just trying to blow this off as a nothing burger. That's that just makes me so angry. That just makes me so angry. Now I want to get to um um I want to get to an aspect to the elections um, and big tech more. More aspects of this corruption, more aspects of these things to protect the Bidens and to protect Hunter and to protect Joe. This is this is what Google is doing to basically uh, manipulate the midterm elections. 
Um, Google um, is accused of suppressing GOP candidate campaign website searches. Now, when you input a search, they're they're bring they're, the campaign on Democrats. When you input a campaign a, a a candidate a Democratic candidate, you just type in their name. Their campaign, the Democratic campaign page, comes up as the first entry. When you input a Republican candidate name, it's on page five. Okay, and they're doing, and it's only, and it's like, well, it's, it just happens. No, it doesn't just happen. This is a, a thing that, that, that Google is doing on purpose to manipulate and prevent a- information on, on Republicans so that people can make a, a valued decision when they're voting. Because, see, they want to manipulate the vote because Google doesn't want Republicans to win. Well, guess what? Republicans are going to win. And guess what, Google? We're go- the Republicans, we're coming after you. Yeah, Google. Google. We're coming after you. Google accused of manipulating search results to do damage to Republicans in critical midterm races. Kelly O'Grady has the story. All right, Kelly, what did Google... Well, first, I'm going to do, I'm gonna do a, uh, a, a thing... I've received so far, right now, this at the time of, my, of this recording, it's 11.25 a.m., okay, Thursday, October 27th, year of our Lord, 2022, okay? I have already received today four phone calls from Google wanting me, because I have a website, to basically pay them money to get my website where it would come up on the first page. And as like, even if I pay them, because you know, here's the thing. These political campaigns, they pay for that. They, do, they pay all those fees. They pay everything, everything to get it on their advertising and all that stuff. And still, they're on page five. Okay? Still, they're on page five. Google is a, Google is a basically, they're doing a money laundering scam. I don't know what it is. Money laundering. Um, they're, they're, they're. I don't know what they're doing, but they're, what they're doing is they're manipulating the electoral le- election searches to influence the election to prevent to prevent people from gaining information about the election. They are basically a slime bag company. Google allegedly do. So, Stuart, Google's being accused of suppressing the campaign websites of Republican candidates in its search results. So this was a study first performed by the Media Research Center, and they found that sites for 10 Republicans among the 12 tight races were found significantly lower than their Democratic opponents. So we dug into the claims, and here's what we found. If you type in the candidate's name followed by Senate Race 2022, Republican sites are indeed lower. In the Arizona Senate race, for example, you type in Mark Kelly, uh, Senate Race 2022, he comes up as the second result. Blake Masters is down in fifth. Some are more extreme. John Fetterman comes up as the fifth result, but Dr. Oz doesn't even appear on the first page at all. So we spoke to Google, and they vehemently deny burying any sites, saying the search words used are too... That's bull crap. The search words are used are too narrow. Um, Dr. Oz... The guy had a TV show, and when before before he would, before he was a candidate, you go Dr. Oz, all kinds of crap would come up. His TV show, his um, stories about the TV show, fake stories about him selling CBD oil. I mean, all this crap would come up about Dr. Oz, right? With his picture and his website. So this is crap. That it's too narrow. total horse crap. Okay? I mean, you you can fertilize an entire 
agricultural field with the horse crap coming out of Google on this one issue. Total crap. Narrow. They shared this in a statement saying this report is designed to mislead testing uncommon search terms that people rarely use. Now, the, MERS, the MRC study focused on Senate... People rarely use people's names in a search. But the people that are searching for are usually very famous people, i.e. political candidates running for an office. Okay, so, th so once again, bullcrap, total 100% bullcrap. Races, but we actually found it extends beyond that. So try Googling simply Carrie Lake. Her campaign website, CarrieLake.com, look, it doesn't appear in the first five page of results at all. Her opponent. First five pages. Carrie Lake has been in the media. It is highly, highly publicized. She, she is leading in the race. There's numerous news stories about her, about how her candidate would not run, again, would not debate her. These things would put her up in because she would be trending if they were doing it properly, right? She would be trending. She would be on the first page, and because it, it would bring her up, it would have her website. Okay, so once again, what, Google, bullcrap, Google, bullcrap, and for a third time, for millennials and those in you, Belinda, California, bullcrap. Katie Hobbs, you can see there, comes up right at the top. So the reason critics find this concerning is Google controls you know, roughly 90% of the search market. Less than 1% of people click past the first page. So a voter using Google feels like they're doing their own research. And what Google is being accused of is pushing users towards democratic... See, when people are trying to do their own research, Google has to be open and honest about the research, about the data. But they're not. They're manipulating the data. Right, providing false data, false information, saying, "Oh, that well, there is no Christie Lake. There is no candidate about this. There's, that person's not important." Right, so you they can't find it. See, this, there's a thing in in. Um, I was watching this. I was watching this. This uh, law firm show is about a lawsuit, right? And there was a report. It was about an accident or you know, a, a recall of a car or something. And so this one is a damning report, right? It was hurting their case for the law for the auto company. So what they did was that the, those reports were being subpoenaed because they knew about it. So what they did is they couldn't destroy the report. That's destroying evidence. So they did it in a, do, a, a document dump. They gave them everything. They gave them like uh, 200 boxes of files and put it, misfiled it in the boxes. So that they would have to go through, search through 200 boxes of file folders to find the one file they're looking for. Okay, see that's what, that's what this is. Oh, you're looking for this one uh, file. We're going to bury it among 10,000 files at the, and it's, and it's, and it's going to be thrown in there so you can't find it. That's what Google's doing. It's dishonest. It is completely 100% dishonest. And the concept that Google's Google search is supposed to be free uh, information, free, free access to data, bullshit. Bullshit. A hundred piles of bullshit.
candidates. Now, to be fair, Stuart, a, lo a lot of other dynamics around how an algorithm works come into play here. You and I might actually have different results slightly, but it does underscore the larger narrative around transparency needed from big tech. Yeah, transparency needed big Thanks, tech Kelly. that doesn't exist. Transparency needed from big tech that does not exist. I'm going to say that for a third time. Transparency from big tech that does not exist. Okay, now we're going to have um, McKinney. I love her. She is so. Uh, this, you know, one thing about Fox News, they they bring these people. They find the smartest and the best people. Right, it's so great. All right, look who's here. Kelly McEnany joins us he this McEnany. morning. Kelly, do you think the Democrats are starting to panic? No doubt about it. The Democrats. See, when this, I they actually, I actually watched um, this this morning. And uh, full disclosure, most of the time I don't. But I watched this this morning, and it just, and it filled my heart with joy and happiness. And. <laughs> I wanted to share that with my audience. It filled my heart with joy and happiness. And I'm so glad you focused on the money trail because I think that's not discussed enough. Um, I've seen some headlines over the last 48 hours. New Hampshire, Don Bolduc, who Republicans had written off, gotten out of the race. All of a sudden you have the NRSC investing $1 million in his race. New York, Sean Patrick Maloney, the head of the DCCC. This would be enormous if he was on... <clears throat> head of the D triple. Oh, sorry about the coughs. Uh, head of the D triple C losing. Oh, if we could remove him from Congress, oh, that would be so fa super great, fantastic, super great, fantastic. Oh, oh, that would be so great. Seated, Republicans putting money in there. Democrats too. Uh, Washington State, yep. Hattie Murray. You know, Democrats. Washington State. Can a Republican win in Washington State, the home of Antifa? A Washington state where basically the city of Seattle turned over what? A third of the, basically Antifa runs the city of Seattle. I mean, you should see the videos coming out of this place. It's in, totally insane. <coughs> I saw I saw these, I saw several videos where Antifa just blocked off parts of the street, blocked off parts where they're doing like a parade or whatever, and they just blocked off and this car was trying to, and basically this guy from Antifa started beating the crap out of this guy's car saying, you're going to turn right. And he says, I have to turn left. I have to go to work. And he says, so what? Turn right. And he says, so he just started beating the crap out of his car. And in the background, you see a cop drinking coffee, not stopping this guy from beating the crap out of this guy's car. Right, they have turned over. All, basically, they they're under the police in Seattle are under orders not to interfere with Antifa, at all. They basically have free reign to do whatever the hell they want. Okay, and it's and it, the city is crumbling and crime and murder, and rape. When they the the autonomous zone chopped or Chaz or whatever you want to call it, um, that they had there in Seattle, there was like thirty women who were raped. Two people were killed, and like seven buildings were set on fire within chopped and chazzed or whatever you want to call it. And the city just, this guy called 911 that his business was being burned, and they, the, the fire department went there, and they went to the border of Chaz because they weren't allowed to go in, and they fired, there's video of the fire chief looking through binoculars watching the building burn. Yeah, that's it. That's the building. It's burning. It's burning, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's people running away from it. Oh, yeah, the building is burning. Did nothing to stop it. Did nothing to stop it. All those people involved in that should be, all of those people should be arrested and prosecuted. And that fire chief who basically, oh, 
uh, followed an illegal order to stand there and watch a building burn, that person should be arrested. Had forced to go into that race on the border, southern border. Monica De La Cruz is a Republican, right. and it looks like Democrats have just entirely pulled out there. Um, these are big deals, and you know we can look at the polls. But when he was talking about Monica De La Cruz, that is a that is a district in uh, Texas that for the past eighty years has been a Democrat <laughs> and Democrat-controlled seat. I mean, it was like there were no Republicans. There were no Republicans there, none whatsoever. And now it's a Republican-held seat. There you go. This, this information, this story, when I watched it this morning, filled my heart with joy and happiness. But the money kind of speaks a little louder. Yeah, where the money goes, it shows you where yes. the parties think they're in real danger. Mm -hmm. And it's flowing to vulnerable Democrats at the moment. See, the thing is, the two vulnerable Democrats. See, the thing is, is that... Is there was, I mean, the Barbara Boxer, Barbara Boxer used to be a senator from California, Diane Feinstein. These people, when they were running, right, I mean, it was like there was Diane Feinstein who, who um, in the Clinton administration was the deciding vote and the largest, up until that point, the largest tax increase in American history. Okay. And in that tax increase, which was so very unpopular, um, there were Republicans, there was a Republican, I can't remember who it was, who was running against her. She didn't even campaign. She, she, didn't, she held no campaign events, ran no ads, did absolutely, she didn't even go to California to campaign. She stayed in D.C. and she won like 60% of the vote, right? But in the Central Valley where I live, the Republican turned in 80% of the vote. Or 90% in some areas. Right? But see, the Bay Area, California, Los Angeles, Oakland, these three cities outnumber the rural areas, what, 10 to 1 in population size? Okay? And those, are, those three cities are massively controlled by Democrats. Democrats outnumber Republicans in this state, what, 5 to 1? Okay? And that's now. This was back. This was back in the '90s, where it was much higher percentage. Okay, and so this, the, these are the things that people need to understand and remember. But see, a lot of these younger people, these millennials, these Gen Zers, right? These people don't know what's what's going on. They don't know the history. Those who don't study history are condemned to relive it. That's right. All right, uh, you've, uh, we'll tell you, you've got to tell me about this. You've got a new show. On, it's on Fox Nation. It's about the midterms? I do. It's the, the, pay close attention to this, people. Pay close attention to this, people. Pay close attention to this, people. Called Kaylee's Midterm Countdown. We have a lot of great guests. We had Blake Masters, Carrie Lake already, Ron Johnson coming up, Steve Scalise, all the big names, all the big candidates. Well, it is getting exciting. It's 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox Nation. 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox Nation. It's a subscription service, um, streaming service that you can get. Um, they, if um, I believe they have a one-year free for veterans. Um, so if it's Fox Nation um, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, um, Kayla's Midterm Countdown. Um, I saw this, and I'm excited about this. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 3 p.m. Um, Pacific time. 
So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in that in my schedule today. I'm gonna go home and watch it at three o'clock. Michaela's midterm countdown on Fox Nation. Okay, um, that's that's exciting. I'm just that is so exciting. Now, out of all these things, out of all these things that we've learned, um, what it, what is this this next one is is this? I I saw this. I haven't watched this. Um, this was um, from today. October, it was October 27th, Year of Our Lord, 2022. Um, and it's, the Calvary is coming. The Calvary is coming. Um, imagine, you know, the Old West movies where you're, you're being attacked by Indians or Comancheros, and, and, the, and the, you're, you're about to be overrun, and, the, and you hear the horses, and you hear the bugle play, the Calvary is coming to save you. So, so that's what we have here. That's that's the conceptual imagery that I had when I when I heard when I saw this. The Calvary is coming. Let's see what we have here on the Calvary is coming on Fox Business News. Welcome back. Third quarter GDP out just a few minutes ago, coming in up 2.6% after two quarters of contraction. So basically, um, according to the old definition of recession, because we had two quarters of retraction, we were in a recession. Um, now we're in a recovery period of the re of the of the slow recession of a 2.6%, but that's just one step. Or the the inflation rate, um, where we have an indicator of inflation, we have massively high inflation, and we have inflation massively high over the 10-year Treasury yield. Okay, that's that's a symbol of a recession. Also, when you have the two-year Treasury yield higher interest than the 10-year Treasury yield. That is a symbol of inflation, as a symbol of inflation, and also um, uh, recession. So, so these are the things. Putting these in context, this is a good thing. But let's see what they have to say about it. We will get the PCE number tomorrow. Joining us right now to look ahead is Cudlow host Larry Cudlow. Larry, great to see you. Not only Larry Cudlow is the an economic genius. He was, um, he was the head economist for two presidents in the um, Office of Management and Budget. And that is, I mean, the guy is a, the guy is a genius. Do we get the PCE out tomorrow? We've got a Fed meeting next week, November 1st and 2nd. First, give us your reaction to the, this morning's GDP, Larry. Well, I think it's kind of a... The GDP is gross domestic product. That's GDP is gross domestic product. Strange number. I think it's a head fake number. I think it's much stronger than it really is on the underlying economy. You had a big booster shot from trade. Uh, net exports contributed, what, 14% um, uh, increase. So uh, I would take this with a grain of salt. Look, if you look at the trend, the first two quarters were negative. This quarter was up 2.6. You're flat. GDP for the first three quarters of the year. Okay, you're flat. Uh, See this right here, the first three quarters of this year flat. Okay, that's that's important. That's an important aspect when looking at these numbers. Mr. Biden inherited a six and a half percent growth economy. Wow. <laughs> inherited a six and a half percent growth economy. That is amazing. Oh, another example that proves that Trump is the greatest president this country's had. 
two years ago. It's gone to flat. You had an inflation number that looked very light to me, uh, 4% something. I think underlying inflation, the Cleveland Fed median CPI, for example, 7%. Wages running about uh, almost 7%. So I think you got a lot of problems here in the economy. And um, I think the Fed is going to have to keep on tightening. I appreciate what Jeremy Siegel said. He's a brilliant guy. I'm a long time. See, the, the thing is, is that when he's talking about the Fed tightening, um, to, to what they're trying to do is what the Federal Reserve is trying to do is trying to decrease the inflation rate. Now, some of the things that are involved in the inflation rate is the interest rates. And, and, and what they're doing is they're raising the interest rates. They've been, no, they've been doing it by 75 basis points um, every month or so um, or every other month or something like that. Um, they were going to raise it a whole one point, which is, that's a lot. 75 basis points is not 75 percentage points. That's seven, uh, 75 basis points. But the, a whole percentage point, wow, that's a lot. Um, um, so that's, that's what we're talking about here. I'm follower of his. I do know the money supply has slowed down, but that's not the only inflation factor here, and I think it's going to be rough sledding. And my last point is, look, Maria, even with these numbers, the inflation rate was twice the growth rate. So that is a uh, stagflation definition, and I think we're caught up in that kind of... See, it's not stagflation. That's what we had in the 70s. It's... it's is we did have growth rates, but we also had, at the same time, we had massive inflation, and, and we also had massive unemployment. Um, see, the thing is, is that, is that um, in a normal economy, when you have inflation, right, that um, you start, people start firing people, and then the unemployment goes up and inflation goes down, okay? The prices start to go down. When you have stagflation, you have the prices rising and the unemployment rising. There is no inverse relationship anymore. That's stagflation, and that's kind of what he was talking about here. Stagflation, unless we get more supply-side policies, open the spigots for fossil fuels, stop the spending, stop the tax hikes, stop the regulation. We need some su supply side is is the stuff that is the producers, what the producers pay for stuff, the cost of production, okay, resources, natural resources. These types of issues um, cost inputs to make a product. These supply-side issues, when you have your supplies going up, when you have the cost of your natural resources going up, when you have the cost of distribution going up, the cost of transportation going up, the cost of these supplies and raw materials going up, you have to raise prices, and what and what then is you what what that ultimately does is at a point it starts creating what is called demand destruction, okay, and that is a contraction of of consumer demand and a contraction of the economy, a contraction of the gross domestic product, okay. So there's they have to cut production. Because they can't, they can't sell what they're they're doing, and then they have an oversupply of inventory, right? They can't maintain productions at the same level when they're not selling the product, because of the prices and the demand destruction. So they have to cut orders, and they have so the so it's all 
one thing happens, this happens, this happens, causes something else to happen. Okay, so that's, it's understandable. Supply side boosters for this economy. Right now I don't see them, but then again, Maria, the cavalry is coming in a few days. So that's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Larry, it's Mark Tupper. Uh, question. The cavalry is the November 8th elections when the Republicans take over the Congress and they take over the House and they, with the, the purse strings and they take over the Senate. The cavalry is coming. That you know what you know what they should do is they should buy all the Republican freshmen when they come in and swear in. They should be wearing those cavalry, those blue cavalry hats that they wore from the those from the cavalry, from the cav. Oh, everybody wear a cav hat. That would be so cool. I'm gonna I'm going to suggest that the cavalry is here and they could they could have they could have the uh, that and they could say she wore a yellow ribbon for the. <laughs> These were John Wayne movies that most people, most young people, <laughs> oh, that would be so good. Oh, that would be so good. That would be an awesome thing. Everyone wear the blue fedora with the, oh, that would be so good. For you, you mentioned net exports adding to the GDP number. We all know the dollar has been incredibly strong uh, versus. Well, this, I want to point this, um, um, Barney was saying, um, or he saw this said this morning. He's going to Australia to see us to to visit his kids um, over Thanksgiving, and he's going there. And he says his dollar being so strong, he's going to be able to buy a lot of stuff. I mean, he's the things that he's going to pay pay for in Australia are going to be so much cheaper because of the strong dollar. So this is this is an interesting aspect to to what they're talking about here other currencies at what point do you think the strong dollar starts to negatively impact the the exports number okay so we have oh okay we have um a commercial so i have to go through the commercial and it's a very good point. That's why I think this is kind of a head fake number, because with the strong dollar, it will be very difficult to sell exports. That's why this net export number, uh, I think, which added so much to GDP. I don't have all the you know arithmetic data points in front of me, but I, I think that's kind of a head fake. I just don't think it's a real number. I think the fourth quarter is going to go back to being flat or possibly slightly lower in GDP. So you're you're absolutely right. The trouble here is because the Fed waited 15 to 18 months to start uh, rejiggering interest rates and the money supply and fight inflation, which they denied, right? Because of that, they're going to have to continue. Oh, yeah, they denied that their inflation was. It's transitory. So we're not going to do anything. It's transitory. It will go away. Dumbass is the Democrats as air is to breathing. And when it comes to economic issues, that is so much, so much more true. Okay, it's like dumbasses, Democrats is there to breathing on pretty much everything. But when it comes to economics, Democrats have no repeat, no for a third time for those in in Sacramento, California, no understanding of economic principles, how the economy works. They don't understand it. They don't understand the profit motive. They don't understand supply and demand. They don't understand the principles of supply. They don't understand the principles of demand. They don't understand what causes the demand curve to shift or what causes the demand curve to have sh changes in demand 
or changes in quantity demanded. They don't understand the changes in supply or what the difference between that and the changes in, in, in um, quantity supplied. These issues they have no understanding of. Okay, and the you know what they need to do is I think every every Democrat um, political person needs to take pretty much economics one A one B or economics one hundred and economics two hundred, whatever it's called macro basic macro and basic microeconomics. I think every year, I think they should take a semester and and they if they were to take it every year. Pretty much, out. I think for a Democrat being so stupid, after about five to ten years, they might have a basic understanding of high school economics. Okay, you know that's that's <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> okay, moving on. To make up for lost time, and um, yeah. it's hard to be optimistic, but at the same time, if we get policy changes. You're going to have a new Congress. You're going to have a Republican House. You're going to have a Republican Senate. They're going to try to rescind the spending increases. They're going to try to rescind the tax hikes. They're trying to reopen the oil and gas bigots, which in many ways reopening the oil and gas bigots with leasing and permitting and pipelining could be the single most important thing that is done to rescue this economy next year i can't okay that is where we're gonna leave it the calvary is coming and the one thing that needs to happen is to turn on the spigots now the thing is is that when you're talking about um this environmental crap okay these environmentalists right you have these insane things they're like throwing pay milk on the floor right they're chanting out you know say cover the new climate now it's like in in the in <laughs> these people are completely mentally unstable they they have no understanding of reality and they're committing acts of violence and terrorism seriously this is insane and these people these climate people these climate protesters get a pictures of them Get pictures of them, man. I, 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 if I was, if I was a, if I was a, a company, I would, I would have, I would have people taking screen fit pictures, screen freezes of, and zooming in on each person that's at these protests. And I would come out with a, with a memo. These people are not. If you work, if these people work here, they're fired instantly, gone. And if they, these people applied for a job. They do not get it. Do they? You, you. What you do is you shred their application right in front of them, and say, "Get the hell out." This is the kind of stuff that needs to happen. These dumbass kids, these stupid, ignorant fools, need to have repercussions for their terrorism, because the government's not going to do it. The gov, the law enforcement, those kids that were in there in London or wherever, they're doing it here too, pouring milk on this the whole. Ca an entire store full store supply of milk just poured onto the floor and they just let them do it just let them do it why weren't they arrested it's the same the same crap that's going on here in museums and they're throwing on soup on van goghs or whatever these people are insane these people are literally totally insane and the media 
and oh, they, oh, look at how they're doing it. Oh, they're, 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 they're fighting for a cause. They are committing an acts of violence and terrorism. Where's that? And see, there's like, well, they, we, the planet is dying. We have to do this to save the planet. Here's the thing. This is what the Kyoto Protocols, right? This is what created this whole climate summit, right? The Kyoto Protocols. That report said if the world did nothing, did nothing, the Earth's temperature would, in, would increase on average one degree. That's it. One degree on average. And they said 30 years ago, that 30 years ago, or 10 years, the oceans are going to melt and we're going to have floods on the coast. They didn't melt. In fact, if you look at the pictures from the, from the satellites and the, from the orbiting space stations, you will see that the, that the southern polar ice cap has increased in size. The southern polar ice cap has increased in size. Okay, so they're so it's bullcrap. Once again, bullcrap. Once again, bullcrap. Dumbass is to Democrats as air is to breathing. See, I'm a I'm a political scientist. I look at data. You want you want to prove something to me? Show me the data to prove you're right. I have I got into debate. I love you know I I got into debate with a teacher of mine. He was a nice guy. He was a nice kid. Right, he was younger than me, and um, I was in my third. I was in my um, mid to th- mid thirties, heading towards my late thirties. Um, I was working on my teaching credentialing program, and he was a twenty-five-year-old te- college professor. He's never had a job outside of teaching. Right, he was married to another professor that I had. Right, who was slightly older than him, but still younger than me, and so. And so he was a great guy. He was a great teacher. Honestly, he was a great teacher. He was funny. He presented his content and his lectures in entertaining and creative ways. I mean, um, he, the, the, he was presenting the, the, talking about the Depression, the Great Depression. And he was using the Wizard of Oz, that book. And he's like, because that book was all about the Depression, right? And, and in the book, it talked about... This, uh, in the movie, they used ruby siblers, right? But in the book, they were silver. It had to do with silver. And then the monkeys, they were saying, oh, we owe. All we own is all we owe. Okay, they were farmers. All we own is all we owe. And these were the concepts that the book was talking about. About how the writer of the book, they wanted to increase the money supply by having the dollar base not just on gold, but also on silver, right? That would increase the money supply and help us get us out of the depression. That's what they were talking about. That's what the book was about. Okay, very economic based. <laughs> it's like that most people are like, what are you talking about? But he was he was acting around. It was so funny. He was he's a really he gave he was a really good teacher, and he presented his information very accurately. And we had some good conversations. And when we got to World War II, he, I said, well, you're not going to talk about the Action 8 memo? And he goes, what's that? He asked me about it. So I said it was a memo created by um, naval intelligence for eight actions of the United States government to provoke Japan to attack us. 
so that we could declare war on Japan, which would force G Germany to declare on war us and we could get the war in Europe. That's what it was about. And uh, so that's what it was. And so we talked about that. Because we covered that when I was working on my bachelor's degree in um, my, uh, one of my poli-sci classes and one of my other history classes that I've taken. So that that's that's what it was about. So we were doing that. He goes, really? That was so much? And that's what we talked about. And it was, so he's willing to accept what he doesn't know. And he was a really, he was a nice guy and a good teacher. He was willing to learn, right? And, um, <laughs> but he was a leftist, right? And we would get in debates about that. And, and I have funny stories that I told. That I put all these stories in the Constitutional Patriot Podcast several times in several episodes. So check out the Constitutional Patriot Podcast. There will be a link in the show notes. So check out the Rumble channel for the Constitutional Patriot Podcast. There will be a link in the show notes. I also have um, another Patriot Podcast, Patriot Foreign Policy Podcast. There will be a link in the show notes. And a new non non relatively non-political, solopreneur business patriot podcast. This is about the, the, the issues that affect the solopreneur business person um, and, and things that they could do, tips and, and services and things like that. It's a relatively new podcast that I'm just trying to get launched, so check that out as well. A link will be in the show notes. There will also, since winter is coming, there will be a link to the Dumbass is the Democrats as air is the breathing hoodie. So you can get that. Uh, link will be in the show notes. So check that out as well. God bless you all. God bless America. And God bless the people that are fighting for our freedoms around the world. The, the United States military. And those that are standing up for freedom in their countries. The freedom fighters of Hong Kong. The freedom fighters in Ukraine. The, those the military forces in Taiwan that are standing against tyranny and tyrants around the world. We bless these people and we pray for their safety and happiness. We pray for Israel. We pray for the safety of the Israeli defense forces and being the only de democracy in the Middle East and that is surrounded by people who want them dead. So God bless them and God bless them all. Thank you and... Goodbye.